Welcome back to Puzzling, a True Crime Podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Jessica. And we're your hosts. Oh, you guys mm. suck. Just I forgot get... because Je- I was thinking about Jess was really quiet. Yeah, she needs to get closer. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, well, how was your week, Sarah? Um, it was good. I don't really remember anything that happened, so. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> uh, yeah, not much going on. I'm just waiting to get... Tucker, so I know. <laughs> I'm so excited this I Friday. Know, I know. It'll be a good day. Oh, I'm so excited for him. I know, and I have all next week off, um, which will be oh my god, so neat. That's really really nice. Yeah, I've got it off paid. Oh, and Jason also has it off. Oh, that's yeah. extra nice. Yeah, so we're probably just gonna do jack fucking shit. Yep, and I'm very excited for it. And if you hear Avery banging things around in the background, mm, sorry about it. <laughs> it's life with a baby. Yeah, really. So yeah, no, my week was pretty good. I can you think of anything I did? Um, you <laughs> met my dad. I met yeah, I met Tiffany's dad. He's awesome. I like him a lot. I also really like um, Kristen. Kristen. She's super sweet. Yeah, she's really pretty too. Yeah, I like, feel like I'd seen pictures, but not like up close pictures. Mm-hmm. So seeing her in person, I was like, oh, damn, okay. <laughs> You're like, go dad. So, yeah, I know. Oh. <laughs> you gotta, she just bonked her head. You gotta chill. Seriously. Um, You're gonna go on the ground. Bad news is that I'm not getting the puppy. Or <laughs> his brother. Uh, we jumped the gun on that, and I got a little too excited a little too fast, and I decided it's a bad financial idea right now, so... Yeah. I'm not getting him. I'm just going to have to love on Tucker a lot. Of you'll course, have him for like four days. I know. I'm so excited for him. Um, but yeah, my dad came to town and we went skiing and I am just so sore right now. You know how when you get like a Charlie horse and then um, your leg is sore the next day? Yeah. That's what my entire calves and shins and feet feel it like right sounds- now. Like fucking shit. That sounds oh, terrible. Oh my! I, yeah, I broke in my brand new ski boots, and man, there's no chance I was gonna go the next day, right. even in, on a snowboard. Like there was no chance. No, I Mm-mm. didn't think you would, especially like hearing you talk about it Saturday. I was like, oh my god, she's gosh. not going. Which is then good for me because then I got off the hook. <laughs> you won't get off the hook every time, Sarah. I know. Um, but yeah, my dad came to town. We went to Hell's Kitchen yesterday, so that was fun. Um. Got my Christmas yeah, how was Hell's, yeah, how was Hell's Kitchen? It was good. It was really good. Um, What'd you get? I got the New York strip. Yeah. And Alex mm. got the filet. Mm. Kristen got the beef wellington. I don't remember what my dad got. I had. But I it was think so good. I tried the beef wellington. It's very when rich. I was there. It is very rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've had so. homemade beef <coughs> wellington before and it was like 10 out of 10. Like, mm. way better than Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. The, like... I mean, it's Hell's, just overrated. Hell's Kitchen is overrated because of the show. Like, that's the yeah. only reason. Yeah, know? exactly. Like, it's good food, don't get me wrong, but... Right. You know. Yeah, I definitely agree, but... Yeah. But it was a good time. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know we exchanged presents today. We did, and um, I got spoiled. Yeah. My friends spoiled me. I'm such <laughs> a bad gift giver, so their presents kind of suck, uh, but... Not you. <laughs> so, <laughs> Tiffany and I have this thing. I don't know if we've talked about it. I, I don't think so. I keep giving her the song, I Hate You, by Oliver Tree, and I'm like, this is how I feel about you, Tiffany, and she's like, one of these days, I'm going to think you're serious, and I'm going to cry. <laughs> i uh, heartbroken. Yeah. And so, that's, like, been our ongoing kind of thing, 
and uh, she got me a bracelet that's has like beads on it and it's morse code for i hate you yep <laughs> it's actually really cute <laughs> it's cute i know i knew you were gonna laugh at it i yeah. one of these days i'll find your other present i lost sarah's third present so yeah. <laughs> and uh Awkward. jess got this cute little backpack yeah. for me and she got the same one for tiffany just a different color mm-hmm. and then she made and it's like a doggy bag like yeah there's a spot up front to put the poop bags in so you can just pull them out and i love it it's so cute i know it is really cute actually um and then she made avery a little like car seat blanket that's freaking so soft and so cute and avery avery just like wanted it to be on her when i opened it it was was very cute give it to me you'll have to send me a picture when oh i will yeah um jess how was your week um it was good I don't have school anymore. Oh, that's so nice. The best. I honestly have just been sleeping. Nice. And <laughs> working. And... That sounds nice. That's about it. Well, good. I'm glad that everyone had a boring and nice week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Avery is zooming around, eating a little wafer, being very needy. Yeah. So if you hear her, you so know cute. why. She's very cute. Um, this is the first time we've ever recorded with two dogs, let alone we have three right now. So (laughs) we just had to take a little intermission and get the dogs situated. And child. So there's going to be a lot going on in this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry about it. I'm telling you, one of these days we'll have like a designated area for ourselves, but it just hasn't happened yet. Right. Yeah, well, one of these days we're going to have, you know, a, I could still have a jingle, a, too, and we still don't have that. <laughs> I could still have a bed to sleep on at your house. Um, it's turned into so. the ski storage room. Oh, my God. Yeah. Alex has, of course n- it has. Yeah. <laughs> Alex has nine pairs of skis. I have one. And there's three snowboards at our house. Oh, my goodness. One of them isn't even ours. It's his cousin's. Is it? Oh. Yeah. And he's like, well, I told him you could keep it here because... This is the only place he's gonna use it. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like I get it, but we don't have the room for anyone right. else's stuff. Right. So, um, but yeah. So um, that's turned into a storage room. Maybe one day it'll still be our studio. We'll see. Yeah. Love that. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, anyone else have anything else to say? <laughs> I don't think so. No. Right, Other perfect. than I'm kind of sick and in a shit mood so (laughs) yeah apologies if i'm extra quiet today it's okay we'll we'll bring her well we're not gonna bring her joy with the story (laughs) that's very real okay so gary eastburn was a captain in the air force and he met his wife Catherine katie eastburn in the 70s at a softball game he recalled exactly what she was wearing and how her hair was styled in pigtails and said that he was just absolutely dumbstruck by her like immediately loved her um i wish pigtails were still a thing have you heard the pigtail theory when waitressing or serving yeah you get more tips tips. Mm -hmm. yeah Hmm. because it's the creepers that want like kids yeah (laughs) um they ended up getting married in 1975 i do not have pretty much any background information on any of them so it's pretty much all i got um (laughs) They eventually had three beautiful young girls together. Kara, five, who was very independent and stubborn. Erin, three, who was an angel. And Gary always thought that 
she would be like the little heartbreaker like she'd be the little flirty one and (laughs) you like Avery yeah yeah yeah, pretty much (laughs) and Jana who was 20 months old who was the perfect baby also like Avery also like Avery slept through the night never cried like great great baby yeah they were an overall very happy and loving family and essentially that picture perfect family you know that yeah everyone loved because they always are of course they lived in Fayetteville, North Carolina, where Gary was stationed, and they were actually about to pack up and move to England, like he was going to get transferred oh. to England. Interesting. Right? And Yeah. Um, that would have been fun. To live in England. For the Air yeah. Force? Um, yeah. Was, it was the Air Force, right? Yeah. I think you said Air Force, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I don't know why I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I just said it. Huh. Yeah, in the Air Force. Um. In May of 1985, Gary had to leave for a little while for officer training, and it was about nine hours away from their home in Tennessee. So he drove there. Um, It was normal for Katie and the girls to, like, always be outside playing in the front yard and enjoying the nice weather. I mean, they're in North Carolina, so it's always nice out. Not always, but you know. But one Sunday morning on Mother's Day, nearby neighbors were concerned because there were no sounds coming from the house. Like, the kids went outside playing... They didn't, their newspapers were stacked up, so they decided to call the police and have them come do a wellness check. And when the police arrived, <laughs> Avery is just really struggling She's, with this. Yeah. <laughs> she really is. She's funny. Um, when the police arrived, they, you know, were knocking on the door, ringing the doorbell, whatever. No, no sounds coming from inside, so they kind of were just about to leave, like, you can't really break into someone's house without probable cause, even right. as a police officer. Um, but, and they, like, didn't see anything in any of the windows. Like, they were doing the thing. Until, eventually, one of them, like, heard a noise. So they went around to the side window, and they saw 20-month-old Jana in her bed, in her crib, screaming and crying. Oh, yeah. So the officer ended up breaking in through that window, and... Immediately picked up Jana and handed her to the neighbors to keep her safe before proceeding in the, uh, into the house. Homicide detectives were called, and when they arrived in the master bedroom, they found 31-year-old Katie Eastburn on the ground with her clothes ripped off and multiple stab wounds to her body. There were also obvious signs of sexual assault. Also on the floor near Katie was three-year-old Aaron's lifeless body. She had also been stabbed and her throat had been cut as well. In a different bedroom, they found five-year-old Kara underneath a blanket on her bed. They said it seemed like she was trying to hide from the, the killer, but he found her. Um, he stabbed her through the blanket multiple times, so she, like, didn't even know what was yeah. coming. I feel like, obviously, I don't know how anyone could, like, murder anyone, but then for it to be, like, kids, too, is, like... Especially that young. Three and five. And, like, to be so brutal with a kid yeah. is, like, I, I just don't get it. And then why even leave the 20-month-old? Right. Like, well, maybe... There's no way she wasn't making noise. Yeah, I don't know. You know? Yeah. Um, Maybe that's where the, the person draws the line, which is, like, fucked. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> I don't know. It, like, does... I don't know. I don't know either. It's really sad. Um, Sorry, I lost my spot. Oh, yeah. So, they were basically saying, like, there was severe overkill on all three of the girls. Yeah. Katie's wallet, debit card, and some cash was also stolen. Wait, so no husband? No husband. No, because he's he was away, he's away on training. training. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, Katie was last seen on Thursday night around 8 p.m., which was three days before they were found. So there's a, a big window of time, like, right. of when this could have happened. Uh, they didn't even know at a point, like, at this point, which day the family was attacked and how little Jana, how long little Jana had been alone in her crib. There were no signs of a break-in, so they assumed Katie knew her attacker. With her husband so conveniently being out of town this weekend, he was obviously the first suspect, right. as he would have been anyway. Yeah. But um, in a three-day time span, it's very possible for him to make the drive back home and then drive back without noticing, without anybody noticing he was gone. I mean, it's a nine-hour drive, so like it's a pretty hefty drive. But, but like you could possible. do that in three, yeah. three days. Yes. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, so, like I said, their family seemed to be perfect. So, like, the police were, obviously looked into him, and they checked his alibi. They called, like, his higher-ups, and his whereabouts were accounted for pretty much every second of every time that he was, day that he was there. So, he was totally cleared from suspicion at all. How many people knew that he was gone? Like, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't really say. Yeah. But it's a big military community, so... Yeah. Right. I don't know. Um, Detectives picked up literally everything. Like, everything. They got clothes, pillows, blankets, and they even took the entire washer and dryer out of the house what? to process. Wow. Yeah. Like, someone had done... Why would you do that unless there were signs that someone had, like, done laundry? <laughs> <laughs> well, there were signs that... Like, they found a lot of luminol, or they sprayed luminol in a lot of places, and a lot of stuff was cleaned up. So, I mean, who knows? Like, it's been three days. Somebody could have been in there for a whole day washing stuff to make sure his DNA wasn't on it. Like, right. I don't know. They they really went, like, hard well, on this, though. <laughs> right. It seems, like, strange, but, I mean, like, cool, because you don't really hear of them doing, like, a ton of like, like doing that heavy detective work. Right. Yeah. Like they they went pretty far with this. There you go, baby girl. Some cookies. Some cookies. Um. And they were also able to collect DNA from Katie's body because of the sexual assault. Mm. Which like he tried cleaning up literally everything except his own semen. <laughs> but was it on her or like? It was in her. Well, so and I guess on her. you can't really. I mean, I guess you could clean. Like I mean, her, you could have been more careful. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. You could have not done it. Yeah, you could have just not done it. <laughs> um, detectives decided to interview the babysitter who was at the family's home very frequently. She loved the girls, and the girls loved her. Like, they would jump for joy every time Janelle came around. Um, however, there was a bit of concerning information that the family didn't know about. So... She was kicked out of school for having drugs on her, and she was sent to, like, the bad kid school. Oh, I'm sure whatever. I'm okay. sure it was probably just weed. It was I probably, mean, <laughs> like, she had a little, like, half a... Okay. Oh, no, Avery. No, no, no. Uh, it was probably, like, half a joint. Probably. But, like, Avery. Uh-uh. So, um, but that's not the only thing. Um... Well, because of that, like, there's something more. But because of that, the police thought, like, oh, well, maybe she was, like, involved with drug dealers. And she, like, got in with a bad crowd. So she, like, her or the drug deal, maybe she was like, oh, well, this family I babysit for. And then, so they looked that route. Nothing panned out with it. Yeah, that's 
But, I mean, you gotta look into it all, but, like, that sounds far. Yeah. Far, far. And she's, like, a teenager. Yeah. Like, a teenage girl, I feel like, is not gonna do that. I mean, right. but I did do Jasmine Richardson. That was fucking wild. That's true. You know? But, like, yeah, she was 12. But, like, a babysitter, that's a jump, you know? Yeah. I don't know. But she was also pen pals with a prisoner who was serving time for murdering his wife and two daughters. Okay, well, now, now. Okay, sorry, we had to take another little intermission because Baby hurt herself. (laughs) She's in her crib now. (laughs) She's a little dramatic. Uh, Yeah, so. So now I get it. That happened. Now I get it. Because yeah. now they're really looking into her. I was like, that's a jump, but now, now it's not so much of a jump. She's a pen pal with a prisoner. Yeah. 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 And this, name was, uh, this man was named Jeffrey McDonald. He stabbed his wife and both of his daughters 15 years previously. Wow. Also it's stabbed. Very. It's a very weird coincidence if yes. this is nothing. Um, she was convinced of Jeffrey's innocence. <gasps> Really? Yeah. Wait, how old is the babysitter again? Um, I don't know. I know she was like a teenager, but it, they didn't give it's an a actual very age. age. Yes, it is. And she was like writing to him all the time. Like she would send him birthday cards and like ask him to okay. send her birthday cards back. And but if he had a wife and two kids fifteen years ago. Yeah. This man is much older than her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just gonna ask like how old is he? I don't know. I should have looked into him more. I mean, that's a whole story in itself. Right. That's true. Um, and the stabbings of his family uh, took place six miles away from the Eastburns' home. Wow. But he's in prison. He's, he's in, in prison. prison. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of coincidences. And now they're questioning, like, whether they even have the right man in prison or if there's, you know, someone out there just killing families. Yeah, but 15 <laughs> years. Like, that would be a big weird. cooling off period. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Or if someone like Janelle or one of her friends or something was trying to frame a different person to prove Jeffrey's innocence. Um. You know, I mean, who knows? Um, He did claim to see, because apparently he, like, stabbed himself, too, and, like, beat himself up to make it look like he was also attacked. Okay. And claimed, like, four hippies came in and... Oh Basically, God. like, Charlie Manson. Yeah, like the Manson <laughs> yeah, yeah. family, I was just going to say. Wow. Yes. Um, so, yeah, they did not go for that. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. This isn't... I would like to hear more about him. <laughs> I know. I should look into doing a case on him. Yeah, you should. Um, but in the end, after spending a lot of time on this possible connection, they eliminated her overall as having anything to do with murders. Okay. But she did give them another lead. She told detectives that the family was rehoming their elderly dog, and the reason they were, because I would have been upset just hearing that, (laughs) Um, it was because England had a six-month quarantine period, and they didn't think that the dog would even make it through that six-month quarantine, so they figured rehoming rehoming her would be best bet. That's not bad. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's a smart idea. Um. So, a woman called Katie to arrange to have her husband come pick up the dog for a trial run to see if, like, it would, she would be a good fit in their home. Mm-hmm. Uh, no idea who this man was. So, the police had a press, press conference asking for the man who picked up sweet little Dixie to come forward so they could talk with him. Isn't that, like, the MO of a different serial Was it Jeffrey Dahmer? Or he would... No, it wasn't Jeffrey Dahmer. No. Um, there was a serial killer who would post like respond to ads on craigslist and then if he 
got there and like the husband was there to like help him move things out, he would just take it and leave. But if not, he would kill this the woman. Sounds familiar. This does sound familiar. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm gonna look it up. Okay, look talking. it up. Um, only two hours after the press release, Timothy Hennis was at the police station to talk with detectives. Like, his wife was like, hey, just saw, like, the police are looking for this dude that picked up Dixie. Like, we have Dixie. You should probably go talk to them. And he was like, all right, whatever. So he claims that he had only seen Katie that one time when he picked up Dixie and that she had called him on Thursday evening to see how things were going with her. And he was like, yeah, great. We're keeping her. So, and then he just didn't talk to her after that. And the Emmy had determined that Thursday night is the night that they were attacked. So Jana was in her crib, alone, dehydrated and scared and screaming for, like, two and a half days. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, where am I? Nothing about Timothy Harris struck police as odd, though. He said that night he had dropped off his wife and child at his in-laws. He had a 10-month-old baby girl. And then got gas and made it home around 8. That was, like, right when Katie was giving him a call to see how things were with Dixie. And then he watched TV and went to bed. He was employed, had no previous records. not Like, he seemed to be pretty clean and honest. So they were about to just dismiss him and be like, all right, like, you're good to go. Right. Until a woman came in. His ex-girlfriend came <laughs> in and was like, um, just so you guys know... Hennis had arrived at her house that Thursday night trying to sleep with her after he dropped his wife and daughter off at the in-laws. Oh. Okay. He showed oh. up and she was like, um, excuse me. <laughs> like, you are literally wearing a wedding band, my sir. Like, get out of my house. Also, where's the dog? At his house, I guess. Because, well, they have picked her up, like, previously in the week. Okay. So, I guess just at his house. Yeah, but or, you have a new dog. You should be taking care of him instead of going trying to cheat on your on your wife. <laughs> yeah, maybe the dog was with the wife. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Poor dog. <laughs> Take care of your dog, right? Um, and it turns out that his wife went to her parents' house with their kid because they were having some marital problems. Mm-hmm. And she said that this marriage is bland, basically. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Time yeah. Not anymore. So, um. That happened. And then when they confronted Hennis about how he definitely could have had the opportunity and time to go to East Burns home, he adamantly denied it. And he was like, no, I like there's I literally saw the woman once, you know, mm-hmm. police did do a little digging around and noticed that Katie's ATM card was used. But back in 18, 1985, there weren't really like security cameras anywhere yet. Right. Um, so the ATM didn't have video footage of who used her card. They found out the person, or they found the person that had used it, like, one minute later, and then found her and was like, hey, do you remember seeing the guy that was there right before you used the ATM? And she was like, oh, yeah. Like, she explained a man that looks very similar to Timothy Hennis. Yeah. So, they were like, hmm, that's interesting. And then they did some more digging into him and found out that he had some financial troubles, and has also been found writing three bad checks. Okay. He was also behind on his rent and needed $300 to pay it. And it got paid two days after the family was murdered. And $300 is what was taken out of the ATM. Oh. Hmm. And he had written the check, like the rent check, and post-dated it. 
So, so he, he was like, planned. I'm gonna get some money. Yeah. You know, I'll have this money by this date. So here you go. Okay. So very, very suspicious, right? Yeah. I'd um, say so. Yeah. And a neighbor of Hennessy's also came forward and was like, uh, yeah, he was also burning some shit in the backyard the other day. Okay. Like the day after the murders. So like, that's weird. So they were like, all right, this guy's looking pretty good for it. Right. However, military duty records proved that he wasn't anywhere near the ATM when the card was used. Oh. Yeah. How? I don't know. He gave fingerprints, hair strands, and everything was overall cleared because wow. nothing led back to him. What? A, okay, if this guy's innocent, what a shit thing. <laughs> That's so many bad coincidences if he did not have that alibi. So, like, if he's not... How did he get the money? No. How did... <laughs> That's so many... I was one... I, like, wanted to... They didn't say what he... Like, how he got the money. Or, like, what he said. I have no idea. Huh. That sucks for him. Because if he didn't have that, like, hey, there's a record of that, like, he was From the military. From the military, he's fucked. Yeah. Like, that's so guilty. Oh, yeah. That probably would have put him away. Yep. And a man named Peter Campton eventually came forward. I keep saying eventually. This all happened when the, like, they caught the guy within a week. Oh, Oh, wow. Yeah, so this all happened very fast. There's no eventually in this. Right, right. Um. He came forward and said that he was out super late at, like, 3 a.m. that night. Okay. Saw a white Chevy Chevette, a tall white man walking. That was my dad's first car. Oh, really? Chevy Chevette. My mom and dad's first car were both Ford Pintos. I'm telling you. <laughs> my mom's was a uh, metallic, like, baby blue uh, Volkswagen bug. Oh. <laughs> Adorable. Cool. I and love your mom. A, it was a stick shift, and the guy who sold it to her had to teach her how to drive it. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, just took time out of his day. Oh, that's her. really sweet. <laughs> I know. We need more people like that. I know. That's what I I'm saying. I don't know my parents' first cars. I know my dad was driving driving tractors at, like, 12, so. Yeah. yeah. Makes he sense. Did drive my grandpa's truck down the street to catch the bus in the morning. And just leave the keys right there. Yeah. What weird times, right? Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he, this guy like had a white Chevy Chevette that he got into. Tall white man. And he was carrying a trash bag full of stuff. Okay. And the guy was like, to Peter, was like, get in an early start this morning at 3 a.m. So it was weird. And he's like, why is this dude out here walking with this trash bag like in the middle of the night? He right. thought that he had just robbed a house. Yeah. So he came forward, but he had like a lot of details, like a very detailed account. Which usually doesn't happen with eyewitness accounts. Yeah, no. no, it doesn't. So the police were like, hmm, maybe Peter Campton is actually the one to blame for this. And he's like, he's trying to give a tip. And yeah. Say, oh, it was this guy. To get the blame off of him. Right. So then they looked into him. Campton claims that. Almost every night, he would stay at his girlfriend's house until 1, 2, or 3 a.m. and then just walk home. Okay. Which is weird. But that also means that every night around 1, 2, or 3 a.m., he would walk past the Eastburn home. Mm-hmm. So he would be able to, like, n- see if, like, she was alone or... Right. And, like, you, your alibi is, oh, I was walking. Like, yeah. I'm walking home. I'm... Yeah. It's not... <laughs> like, it's not a solid alibi. It's not a good look. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Um, but Camden agreed to give all the DNA samples and everything and also pass a polygraph with flying colors. Mm, like, okay. not nervous at all about anything. He was like, this is what happened. I'm telling you, this is what happened. Okay. So after that, um, they brought in a sketch artist and had him sketch the man he's supposedly seen. And the sketch was a spitting image of Timothy Hennis. Again? Stop it. Yeah. It's this what guy, isn't it? Spitting image of him. That or some people really don't like Timothy. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it's got to be him. Timothy Hennis also drove a white Chevy Chevette. Oh. Okay. So ultimately, Stop with it. this man's account, they were able to go and arrest him. One week after the murders. But okay. how was he not at the ATM then? How did they say that he wasn't? I'm so confused. I don't know, man. <laughs> but didn't he give, like, samples, you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this is 1985. Yeah. They didn't find it's... any hair um, or, like, fingerprints, anything. They didn't couldn't run DNA yet. It was like just DNA. So. Right. I mean, they could probably, I think because there was, like, the primitive DNA where it's like, oh, it's, like, a man or a woman or, yeah. like, they matched well, one they of these, like. Well, they also had semen as his DNA, so they knew it was right. a man for sure. Right, but, but, like, they could say, like, okay, it's, like, Like, one probably in... a white man or, yeah, like. or, like, this is his blood type, you know. Yeah, like, very. It's very, like, It was primitive. in its infant stages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hennis refused a plea, plea bargain because he swears up and down that he's innocent. Okay. Like, I did not do this. In May of 1986, though, Hennis heads to trial. After the two eyewitness accounts and countless photos showing the crime scene, like, they were just drilling those crime scene photos into mm-hmm. the jurors' brains. Right. And then saying, he did this. And then showing another picture. He did this. Like, so the jurors deliberated for 10 hours and convicted Timothy Hennis for the rape and murders of the Eastburn family and was sentenced to death. Wow. Wow. I wonder, though, and you might get to this, but... Like, if they ran DNA now, because they have it. Oh, we'll get to it. Okay. Um, as he's awaiting his execution, Hennis receives a letter in prison from an unknown sender that read, quote, it's a shame that you're doing the time after I did the crime. Ha ha. Oh, my God. And was signed by Mr. X. What? He also... But then you gotta think, like, is that one of his friends being, like, you know, like, trying to bail him out? Or is it just someone that wants attention? Like, yeah. But, like, to... that could potentially help him. Like, yeah. hey, I, this letter says that someone else did it. Yeah, You know, exactly. so, like, you'd think it, like, maybe it's a family member or a friend that's, like, yeah. trying to give him an out, life. you know? No, I, I agree. Um, he also, Mr. X, sent a letter to the police department, but he was super careful to not leave any fingerprints or anything at all okay. on on either of the letters so investigators kind of looked into it and they're like man it's just a hoax right like whatever however we all know that every death penalty case gets automatic appeals mm-hmm. so he appealed of course he did. hard of course. um the supreme court ultimately decided that the photos of the crime scene that were used um basically were used to like cause anger in the jurors and like right like they're like oh well we gotta put someone away for this like yeah and they were kind of just coerced into saying yeah you did this right so eventually he got a new trial okay. like two years later um it was october 26 1988 that the supreme court was like no nah, you get a new trial 
Second trial was moved to Wilmington, North Carolina, which is 90 miles from Fayetteville where the murders took place because they're like, everyone hates this dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, everyone's too convinced. Much publicity. Exactly. So the defense this time had additional evidence of hair, fingerprints, and blood that did not match Timothy Hennis. They, of course, also brought in the letter, and both eyewitnesses turned out to not be very great eyewitnesses. Okay. Um, the woman from the ATM thought that, like, eh, it's possible it wasn't him. Like, I can't be certain. So she kind of changed. She was useless. Um, Peter, a man who claimed he saw him with the trash bag, was shown photos of another man that lives on the same street or, like, the same neighborhood or something um, who is, like strikingly similar to timothy hennis oh weird okay like super similar looking Mm -hmm. i mean you look at the photos and you're like they could be borderline twins okay (laughs) yeah okay weird um and that man was also brought up to the stand and he told them like yeah i have insomnia like it's normal for me to just go out and take a walk in the middle of the night because i just can't sleep so he was saying he was out in the middle of the night he didn't say that like he saw this man that night but he was like I mean, this is, like, three years later now. He's, like, yeah, like, I, I walk, you know, I go at take night. walks at night because I can't sleep. Weird. So, that, This is the guy that looks just like Timothy. Yeah. Why would you admit that? Why would you admit that? Well, if it's true. Yeah, but, If like, he didn't do it, why wouldn't you admit Like, I'm not admitting shit. Because <laughs> then I'm going to be looked at as a suspect. And especially no. if I already looked like the guy who literally went away from this murder. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I get I, it. I sleep like a fucking baby. <laughs> I don't ever leave my house. I don't know. Yeah. I donate to the church, so that's, I, do- I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm a good person. So now the entire case is blown up. And Timothy ended up being exonerated and found not guilty. Oh, based yeah. on the, D- the DNA evidence? And no, like, just not, not DNA enough. yet. Um, well, because you said they had well, fingerprints and blood that didn't match. Yeah, none of that matched. And with the eyewitnesses, the other not guy that looks reliable. just like him, like, they're like, this guy, there's no evidence to prove that he did right, this, right. you know? So, at this point, it's been four years since the murders. He's free, and the case goes cold for 17 years. Holy shit. Until wow. Larry Trotter, a cold case detective started going through the cases all these years later and decided to do... He was like, wait, we still have this DNA swab sitting in here. Right. So he's like, let's run this shit right now. Yeah. And um, results came back. Okay. Was it fucking him? And it was none other than Timothy Hennis. Are you kidding me? What? None other than Timothy Hennis. So then what hair and fingerprints did they get that didn't match? I don't know. I don't know. Wow. It was Timothy Hennis. Wow. I have no words. I bet, I bet the moment he was free, he was like, oh, fuck oh yeah. He's okay. like, I can't be tried again. That's no. double jeopardy. Yeah. He's Wait, like, so I'm, he can't now? I'm free free. You still, he still can't even though they have DNA evidence? Now? There's a loophole. Oh. Okay. Yeah, no, it's, it's against the constitution. Like, you yeah, cannot I- get tried if you're found not guilty. Can't get tried for the same crime. Even if more evidence comes out. Even if more yeah. evidence comes out. There's a loophole though. Um, I didn't know that. I mean, I knew about Double Jeopardy, but, like, right. I didn't know if, like, you I know, didn't know, since there was, there was well, I didn't know, because, like, there was no DNA, so there wasn't really, like, concrete anything ever, like, nope. really, unless you have a confession, but now matter. that there's DNA, like, you'd think, okay, I'm ready to yeah, hear this. doesn't matter at all. I'm interested. Um, sorry, I'm trying to, I had something about him, and I'm trying to find where the loophole is. There it is. Um, 
the state and the federal government each have the right to charge for the same crime. Okay. So the state had charged him, and he was exonerated and found not guilty. So the local detectives from North Carolina went to Fort Bragg, and they were like, hey, um, would you be able to charge him federally through the military? Oh. Yeah. So they were like... military property, wasn't he? Yeah. It's like a base. Yeah, and he was was military personnel. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, they were like, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Let's Good. do this. So they made him, um, like they called him back to duty. And then he, this whole time, like he reenlisted after he got out, he was like, rose the ranks, great person, like literally squeaky clean record, nothing bad ever scary. came out of him Yeah. again. Yeah. So they made him go back to a federal military court and the DNA odds were 12.1 thousand trillion to one. So he did it. Like, like there's no chance yeah, he didn't do you it. You can't argue that. No. Well, his defense tried. Oh, um, of course. All right. <laughs> they tried claiming that he had consensual sex with her oh my. prior Shut to the, the murders. And then someone else up. came in to murder them. I hate. I hate. That, that is so stupid. I hate no. when people do that. Yeah. That's like my biggest pet peeve. My yeah. Biggest... But then that also pokes a hole in his alibi of, oh no, I've, I've only met this woman once. Yeah. Quick, in and out, got the dog, got gone, the dog, never yeah. saw her again. So then like, there's still and that why lie. why wouldn't you say that, oh yeah, we did like... Yeah, exactly. So that, um, you know, didn't pan out for him. Um, prosecutors believe that he went there after he went to his ex-girlfriend's house and tried making a move on Katie. When she rejected him, he was tired of being rejected that night, especially because his own wife had, like, literally just rejected him also. Right. But, like, um, that sucks to be you. You're, yeah. Like, Boo who? Boo I don't who? feel bad for you. Not even a little bit. Like, you can, you can, people can tell you no. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well within their right. Absolutely. Um, so he flew into a rage and took what he wanted anyway. And they think that because, like, so Jana was left, the 20-year-old month. The 20-year-old month? 20-month old. I did not catch myself. Wow. Um, they didn't really say anything about him having his own baby, but. Wait. Maybe. Well, like, no. wife. You, no, he did, but, like, about Janna. Oh. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean that's, that goes back to where, like, that might have been where he, cr- like, drew the line. Yeah. Because he had... A- it's possible. They think that by the time he murdered the other three, his anger, like, his rage was, like, calming down. He's like, I just murdered three people. Like, what right. the fuck? And then just... And Janna was young enough that she couldn't be a witness to anything. So right. they think he just was like, nope, no need to kill her. And just <laughs> left. Wow. Um, as much as I'd like to be able to be like, oh, it's because he felt something. I don't think so. Like, and they don't think so either. Right. It's like, it's so shit because usually they don't feel yeah. like bad about it, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, God, wouldn't it be nice if you could be like, no, he definitely like felt bad. But yeah. I'm sure he didn't. I doubt it. Because he and fucking he, appealed. And they showed, and they were out. like, he showed zero emotion throughout yeah. the entire thing. Well, and like None. the fact that, that he even appealed me. and like got out. It's like, you don't give a shit no. about what you did. No, not at all. He literally went on with his life, rose... Yeah, for 25 like, years. Like, yeah. Raised his own fucking child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. Yep. After he killed two. And they do think that he did come across Peter on the street after cleaning up the crime scene. And, like, 
they think he cleaned up everything, threw everything to a trash bag, brought it, and then burned it the next day. That's what right. his neighbors saw him burning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, turns out Peter was a solid witness. Yeah. And wow. so was the woman from the ATM. Yeah. And, like, I want to hug both of them. Right. <laughs> like, sorry they that people right doubted you. <laughs> yeah, sorry that people doubted you. Um, but... Ultimately, on April 8th, 2010, he was found guilty on all counts and again sentenced to death. Good. Gary and Jana sat through that third trial and were just so relieved and thankful that, like, he... There's finally justice. Right, because she's, like, 21 now. She's 27 at this point. Because she was almost two. It was 25 years later by the time he got convicted. Yeah. Yeah. So that is the story of the Eastburn family... And, like, poor Gary had to raise his daughter alone and then, like, tell him, yeah, you were left behind when your mother and two sisters were murdered. Like, that had to have been a difficult... bring that up? Yeah. Yeah, because they're going to start asking, you know? And she was like, at least she had her dad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, like, the survivor's guilt that I'm sure she, like, deals with is just, like... Maybe not. I'm wondering, because she was so young and, and doesn't remember it, that, like, maybe her survivor's guilt isn't as bad. Right, but, like, I think still, his is probably horrible, though. Died, and I didn't, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I'm sure Gary was feeling the same way. Yeah. He probably is, like, dealing with having left, even though, like, that's not something that he could avoid, right. you yeah. know? Yeah. Like, if I was just home. You know, right. But, like, it's not your fault. No, that's really sad. It's really sad. And he, this was, I watched an episode of Unusual Suspects on this, and he mm-hmm. was on there talking yeah. about it. And he, wow. yeah, Well, he I'm glad they her. finally caught him, because what a fucking dickbag. I can't, it was the first, I can't believe that. The yeah. first case ever that somebody was sentenced to death and then exonerated. And then yeah, re-sentenced to death? Well, that too, but just yeah. the first <laughs> case ever, like, nobody else, actually, I still think it's the only one, nobody else has been sentenced to death and then exonerated. Really? Yep. That's wild. And I don't, I mean, I'm sure there's other cases of, like, someone being found not guilty and then yeah. going through the military or something, but this is the only one I know of. Yeah. Wow. That's, That's really sad. I'm know. glad that, like, Tana's okay, and she at least had her dad, and they finally caught him, but... Jana. Jana. Oh, fucking sorry. Jana. <laughs> I was like, who's Tana? I'm like, oh, wait, yeah, Jana. I always hear Jana. you say Tana about your yeah, friend, and, and so it just, like, popped right <laughs> in my head. Like, I'm glad that Jana had her dad, dad and there, that, yeah. like, he got caught, but... I know. Could you imagine if, like, he lost all four of them? Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Right. Or she had been left and he was home and he was murdered too, the dad. Yeah. Like, and then she really had no one. Like, yeah. I'm just glad that's, that they had each other. Yeah. That's, like, the one slight, like, glimmer of happiness. Right. Unfortunately. But yeah, that was my bummer of a case. That's my roller coaster of the case well guys um thank you for listening and don't be evil just don't be evil don't do it don't Don't do it it. just be good all right we love you guys love you bye